This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Have you had any faith in the uh, mainstream media left in you? Um, let me disabuse you of that. Let's, let's just get it out on the table here. The mainstream media is as corrupt as uh, any organization anywhere in the world. They are not reporters anymore. They are not journalists. We got examples here uh, on, on both sides uh, on, on how the media is playing the game these days. And I don't think too many people thought had any faith in the uh, Biden administration or the Biden justice department, which is a wing of the Biden administration. They're attack dogs. They're, they're foot soldiers. We're going to, we're going to explain to you just how corrupt this system is. It really is discouraging. I'm sitting here looking at the stories this morning and I'm saying that there's a theme here. There really is. The system takes care of its own. The system, uh, capital S, the system goes after its enemies. And I have a bunch of examples today. We could start with, uh, we'll get to uh, Dave Portnoy. The Washington Post is preparing a hit piece on Dave Portnoy and Portnoy, to his credit, exposed them with a phone call with the reporter and recorded it, and it was glorious. We got uh, Russell Brand now, who's been canceled by almost everybody. Now, Russell Brand might be guilty. I don't know. These accusations are serious, but his accusers are anonymous. The accusations are uh, 15, 16, 17 years old. How is he supposed to defend himself? It doesn't matter. They don't care what his defense is. He's been canceled by everybody, the BBC, Channel 4, um, his agent, his representatives. They've all bailed on him. And now the UK, the government the, of, of Great Britain, the government is demanding that Rumble, a private free speech platform, drop Russell Band, not allow him to monetize his show on Rumble. That is insane. And it's, I think it's just a, the state of the world. There's somehow this, this fascist instinct where government joins forces with private business to destroy their enemies. It's, it's now acceptable. People aren't outraged that, that YouTube has canceled Russell Brand based on 15, 16-year-old accusations from anonymous accusers. He doesn't get his day in court. He doesn't get his, a chance to defend himself. It's just, you're done. You're gone. We're, we're through with you. You cannot make a living. Now, again, Russell Brand probably has plenty of money. He's probably all set for life. He'll, he'll, he'll still be on Rumble, I assume, and Twitter. But how can, how can that be right? How can that be just to just say, we don't like this guy. We don't like these accusations uh, from these anonymous accusers. We're, we're, we're going to ruin him. We're going to destroy him. And then we get to Howie Hamptons, Howard Stern. Howard Stern takes a lot of criticism, including from me, about the way he has sold out, the way he has flipped. Hell, 10 years ago, I couldn't stand Russell Brand, and I loved Howard Stern. Today, Howard Stern is a, a pathetic sellout, fraud. I can't believe we've reached that point where Howard Stern, the king of all media, is groveling to the to the powers that be, is defending you know, Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and the mainstream media and attacking um, critics or, or or people who are skeptical or critical of big pharma. 
That's he's become a stooge of the deep state. Howard Bleep and Stern. We'll get to it. We have the sound, and 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 I, I, I'll explain to you. I don't like what's what's happened to Stern. It's really disappointing. I'm done with him. I don't have him on my my Sirius XM anymore for the first time in 30 years. I can't listen to Howard Stern, but I I don't want to say I can't blame him. I understand what Howard Stern has done. It's really simple. If you want to understand why Howard Stern has sold out and become a butt buddy with uh, Jimmy Kimball, another sellout, and kiss the ass of, of Rosie O'Donnell and, any, and Joe Scarborough and Mika, and become a, a big fan of all the deep state swamp rats, take a look at Russell Brand. Take a look at Dave Portnoy. Take a look what's happened to, you name it, what's happened to Elon Musk, Joe Rogan. They've gone after them because they've been critical of the system, of the state. Howard Stern can't risk that. If Howard Stern were true to himself, if he was the same guy he was 10, 15, 20 years ago, the stories you're hearing about Russell Brand, they would be about Howard Stern or Dave Portnoy for that matter. I'm not talking about sexual assault accusations. I'm talking about digging up dirt and going after him and destroying him. If Howard Stern was anti-vax. If Howard Stern said masks don't work, if he said, if he said Joe Biden's corrupt, he's taking bribes and we need to, you know, if, if he supported Donald Trump, which he used to do, they were real good friends. He was a regular on the show. He loved him. If he were still supportive, if he were still friends with Trump, if he ever even defended Trump, all the stuff Stern has said over the last 30, 40 years would be resurfacing on a daily basis. And Howard Stern knew he couldn't take that chance. I don't think he's really woke. I don't think he really likes Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden or Rosie O'Donnell. I just think he's, this is self-defense. This is self-preservation. He knows what's out there. If you haven't seen it, he, he does a skit with Sherman Hemsley mocking Whoopi Goldberg. He's in blackface and he's uh, talking, he's using the N-word over and over again. It's the most unbelievably offensive thing you will ever see. But you probably haven't seen it lately, have you? No, because they don't want to destroy Howard Stern. He's one of them. He's Washington Post, New York Times, NBC, CNN. They, they like Howie Hamptons. He's one of them. So they go after their enemies and they protect their friends Howard Stern is just defending himself here. He's just trying to survive. It's still pathetic. I mean, he's 70 years old. He's got hundreds of millions of dollars. He's a, he's a shameful hypocrite and a fraud and a sellout, but he's still working. He's still got his show. He's still invited into polite society. He still goes to parties on the Hamptons and, uh, uh, on the Hamptons and, and in, uh, in, in Palm Beach. He's still in with the in crowd. Let's uh, let's uh, listen to Stern this week, I believe, earlier this week, talking about how he's proud to be woke. Of course, he says, I'm, you know, I don't even really know what that means, but in his mind, he's woke and it's a good thing. That means he's awake. And try to imagine the Howard Stern of 20 years ago saying this or thinking this or even indulging this topic. He'd be lashing out. He'd be he would be screaming about you know all the all the force, you know, the mandates, the mass mandates, he'd be talking about Hunter Biden and, uh, you know, the doing, doing drugs and banging hookers and everything else that should be in his wheelhouse, but he can't risk it. He can't take that chance. Let's listen to how he happens this week. 
by the way, I kind of take that as a compliment that I'm woke. I'll tell you how I um, feel about it. To me, the opposite of woke is being asleep. And if woke means I can't get behind Trump, which is what I think it means, or that I support people who want to be transgender or I'm for the vaccine, dude, call me woke as you fucking want. I'm not for stupidity. You know, I ran out Friday morning. I was over at CVS. Thank you, CVS. I went over there 9 a.m. and got myself that new vaccine for COVID. He went out. He got another vaccine. This guy who stayed uh, um, in his home, didn't leave his home for two years. The last time I listened to him, he was reaming out one of his staff members because they went out for coffee. They went to Starbucks and he thought that was insane. You're taking it. You could lose your life. <laughs> this is, this is the, the, this is Howard Stern acting in a, like some little pathetic little snowflake. It's just really embarrassing. Uh, in case you forget, I mean, the, the list of things Stern did and said that would be everywhere right now, if he weren't, uh, if he weren't such a sellout, I mean, you, I, I mentioned the, the Whoopi Goldberg skit with the, with Sherman Hemsley. It was, they were pretending to be Whoopi and Ted Danson. It's the most unbelievably offensive, vulgar thing. He, go, he went on The View a couple of years ago and said he never used the N-word. He said flat out, I never used If he were an enemy of The View or an enemy of the mainstream media, immediately there'd be a montage of him using the N-word because he used it all the time. I used to listen every day. I couldn't believe it sometimes because it was on terrestrial radio and he would use the N-word and he'd use the F-slur for gay people. And now he's fighting for transgender rights. I know, I'm sorry. I don't think his heart's in it. And I think his loyal fans have bailed on him. It doesn't matter. He makes a fortune on, on Sirius XM, he's got his regular crew, regular cast, and, and they're all getting rich. And he's got his homes. He's got uh, something like $200 million worth of real estate just in New York and Hamptons and uh, in, in, in Palm Beach and everywhere else. Uh, the guy we listened to, the guy who ran for governor of New York on the platform that he was going to bring back the death penalty and he was going to use the corpses of executed prisoners to fill in the potholes, that guy is now sucking up to the power powers that be that guy is now a big fan of of joe biden and kamala harris it really is humiliating there if you're watching along there it is howard stern in blackface by the way this the same reason jimmy kimmel sold out he was in blackface too jamie fallon same thing he wore blackface sarah silverman they all did they all did really offensive things and they know if they're not woke if they're not all on board with the with the media and the Democrats, then this stuff will resurface and maybe it will end them, end their careers the way they're trying to end Russell Brand's career. But uh, just for an example on something you would hear every day or, you know, at least once a week, if Howard Stern challenged the powers that be, if he were still a contrarian and an iconoclast and he still were a disruptor, and not just a good little puppy for the deep state. Uh, this is him the day after Columbine. You got this this sound, Ironhead? The, the day after Columbine shooting in Colorado, mm-hmm. the, the two scumbag murderers who shot up the school, killed their classmates. The next day, 
the country's grieving. They're shocked. This is the, the most infamous school shooting of all. What was Howard Stern's take? Well, the killers should have uh, had sex with the girls before they killed them. Listen to this. It's a bunch of chaos, shooting, and... Boy, a bunch of good-looking girls go to that school. That guy was right. The guy who called in, he was a little too excited, but... You know, it, was like, it was like really good-looking girls running out of there with their hands over their heads. Yeah, I mean, the bomb teams are still working. Did those kids try to have sex with any of the good-looking girls? They didn't even do that. <laughs> At least if you're going to go kill yourself and kill all the kids, like, why wouldn't you have some sex? Yeah, I would think that I, I would want some sex. Probably. Yeah, I mean, if I was going to kill some people, I'd take them out with some sex. Yeah. I guess they were getting a rush from what they were doing. They said when, like, they, these guys were really against the good-looking girls because the good-looking girls wouldn't pay attention to them. I think the good-looking girls would be begging them to live, and they go, you don't have to beg because you're going to be dead in a minute. Yeah, don't cry. Oh, you're don't cry. Yeah. The morning after. The morning after the shooting. That's was Howard Stern. That was Howard Stern every day. And Howard Stern, if he weren't, <laughs> we're just, just going to leave that up on the screen, how he happens in blackface with Sherman Hemsley. Uh, amazing. Amazing. We can't even play it. It's so vulgar. Um, but the uh, you won't see it. You won't hear it. There'll be no one in the media demanding he be deplatformed. There's no one in the media uh, demanding, you know, YouTube and, and Twitter or Facebook take him down and uh, non-person him. That's what they do to their enemies, such as uh, Russell Brand. This is chilling. We're going to get to Dave Portnoy, but Russell Brand obviously has been been canceled by everybody. Accusations of four anonymous women came out over the weekend uh, in the Times of London and Channel 4 in London, accused by four women of rape, sexual assault, and emotional abuse. Serious, serious charges, serious accusations as we said the other day, uh, we're not taking it lightly. I'm not dismissing it. But what is he supposed to do? I mean, he can defend himself, but they don't even want him to have a platform. Uh, he can, he can you know, present evidence and refute these claims, but they don't want you to hear from him. They just want to shut him down and shut him up and cancel him. It's amazing. BBC has removed all his uh, content. YouTube. Um, took steps to stop brands channels from making money saying he violated their creator responsibility policies. And now Dame Caroline Dinedge chair of the culture media and sport committee in England has asked broadcasters to uh, clarify the internal investigations they've carried out into uh, brands activities during his time working there and has spread the net to question uh, to TikTok and Rumble. The government is demanding TikTok and Rumble demonetize a guy, a, a creator. How do we get to this point? The government, I realize it's not the United States, but we're no better. A, a letter was sent to platform, which uh, to, to uh, Rumble, which has emphatically rejected the right of the government to ask such questions. Dinajaj Letter to Rumble points out that Brand used the platform to issue a preemptive video responding to the allegations and asked whether he's been able to make money off the site. Uh, Dinage, I don't know how you say this woman's name, Dinage writes, if so, we would like to know whether Rumble intends to join YouTube in suspending Mr. Brand's ability to earn money on their platform. Rumble described the letter as extremely disturbing and questioned whether the government has a right to ask such questions 
in a statement from Rumble, they write, we regard it as deeply inappropriate and dangerous that the UK parliament would attempt to control who's allowed to speak on our platform or to earn a living from doing so. This is freaking madness. You want to charge him, arrest him, (laughs) do it. I mean, he deserves his day in court. He deserves to face his accusers. I mean, they should come public. I mean, these are serious accusations, but he should be facing these charges in court for the government to pressure private companies to destroy the man is absolute madness, but that's the point. That's where we are today. We've seen it uh, the last five years. We are slouching towards fascism. We really are. When you think that the government teams up with, which they did uh, when, when Trump was, a, was president, his Department of Justice, his FBI, his CIA was working to undermine him with through the uh, social media platforms. We know they had people embedded at Twitter. They were paying Twitter to suppress the First Amendment rights of private citizens. That happened. We know that from the Twitter files. We know that because Elon Musk stepped up and bought the platform and returned it to some semblance of free speech. Um, we're going to get to Musk, but this thing from Portnoy, and, and usually with Portnoy, you get a good laugh, but this is another good look. It's not, this doesn't quite involve the government, although it, it might eventually, if, uh, if the, uh, you know, the right person in government has a problem with Portnoy, they might try to destroy him as well. Maybe he'll, maybe they'll use the IRS and sick him on him because, for some reason, he's got a target on his back, too. I'm not sure why. You know, he interviewed Trump once, and all his minions at Barstool were very upset that the that their boss sat down with the president of the United States and a bunch of his alleged, you know, colleagues and friends threatened to quit and bail on him, and they were embarrassed that, that he talked to the president. Some it did. Re- some did actually quit. They actually quit some. Yeah. I mean, it was a real shameful moment in barstool history, but uh, I, I wasn't sure was Portnoy supposed to say no. The president called him, invited him to the White House to sit down and talk, and he went. I mean, I think in his heart, he probably supports Trump, but he can't say that because his employees will stab him in the back again if he does. But um, so he hasn't been very political at all. In fact, they have a rule, I believe, at barstool, right? No politics. I mean, yep. no right wing politics, no Trump support. You're allowed to be uh, as with any media outlet. You're perfectly OK if you're uh, if you're a Democrat or a liberal. But uh, so Portnoy has got a big event this weekend. Pizza places. He does the pizza reviews and all these pizza places are coming together. Some big pizza festival. That is the time Washington Post decides time to uh, go after Portnoy. Now, he's been through this before with the New York Times and Business Insider, and he survived. I don't, I, I feel like Portnoy is, uh, you know, tiptoeing through the landmines. I feel like they're, they're going to come after him even harder at some point and try to destroy him. And they probably will, but he's made a lot of money. Maybe then he'll step away and he'll hang out on Nantucket and he'll be done because um, so he survived despite their best efforts, put it that way. So he's got this big event coming up. Washington Post says we're going to get him. They start reaching out to the pizza places to ask why they're teaming up with a misogynist and a, I think a racist, too. And they throw that in there, too. I'm not sure when he was why he was racist. That's but. usually that's usually the playbook. So probably. Oh, I forgot. He sang a rap song once. He sang a rap song once. So, yeah, he's racist. The guy you just saw 
in blackface using the N-word over and over and over again, he's not racist. The guy who sang a rap song once, he's racist. So they go out going after Portnoy for whatever. Portnoy, as he often does, he goes on the offensive. He calls the reporter. What the? He calls the reporter up and has a 10-minute conversation, which he records. He tells her he's recording, which is incredible, that she said the thing she said knowing he's recording it. And she just sounds like such a snake. I mean, which she is. Um, their their whole goal is not doing journalism. There's no reporting here. The goal, the assignment for this woman is get Portnoy, period. Get Portnoy. I, I have no doubt that an editor told her and her coworker, I think there's two people working on the story, get him, bring him down. Let's Let's humble him. Let's get as much dirt on him. Let's find out. Let's shame these pizza places into uh, bailing on him, into turning their back on him. It won't work, I don't think, because they're not as powerful as they think they are or as powerful as they used to be. But this attempt was just just unbelievable. What, what the, the conversation is long. I recommend watching it. really is good um, with Portnoy here. You need, it's, uh, you need to have like subtitles at some point because he's got the phone, he's holding it up to the mic, talking to this woman. Can you get her name for me, please? I, I, I misplaced it. I need her name. Um, but we got one cut, which is just, I mean, it is fireable. She tells him, she, she uh, portrays him in a negative light to these pizza places because that's a reporting tactic. That's journalism. And as he points out, but it's a lie. You know, he, he's not whatever, misogynist or racist. That's debatable. That's obviously subjective. But she says she did it so she could get something out of the people she's interviewing. Just get them to talk to her or more accurately, get them to turn their backs on him. That's her goal. This is a journalist with a, a once respected newspaper that, uh, whose motto is democracy dies in darkness. This, but these people, they don't, they don't care about democracy. They care about uh, uh, v- vengeance. They care about advancing their radical agenda. They care about destroying their enemies. That's, that's why you know, Jeff Bezos bought it. Same reason John Henry bought the Boston Globe, to advance his agenda and destroy his enemies. But let's watch this cut, and if you can't understand her, we will, uh, uh, I will sum it up after uh, we play this. Go ahead. Sometimes you have to say something like, this is like, you know, it's sort of a reporting tactic when you want someone to respond, you kind of have to indicate that there might be something negative, and then you get them to engage. That's all I was trying to do. I really wanted them to engage with me. That is a sad state of journalism if that's a tactic that you have to, what I would say is make up something about somebody. there There might be something negative, and so you want to give people a chance to respond and have a conversation with you. That's what I was trying to do. But at the same time, you're saying you don't know that that's actually truth. So you're, you're leading with something that you haven't done enough research to know if it's valid. I'm saying there might be a fuller picture and that's what I want to talk to you about. And I want to set up a time tomorrow morning, maybe. That that is amazing. He asked her why she's saying these negative things, calling them misogynist and racist to the pizza people. And she says, that's a reporting tactic. (laughs) And he's right. Portnoy is right. That is a that is the sad state of journalism. They had, they are not doing journalism. It has nothing to do with journalism. There's no news here. 
This, this is, this is a pure, just attempt to target him and bring him down and destroy him. That's what they do. That is journalism. She's right. That is journalism in 2023. That's how they operate. There was an exchange and it's related to this. This is all tied together. Honest to God. Maybe people are waking up and learning the way this works, where this game works and just seeing how corrupt, how rotten journalism in this country, in this, in the, in the Western world is today. Yesterday, I spent way too much time watching the hearing with Merrick Garland. Uh, he went before the house. He got grilled pretty good by the uh, Republicans. Uh, of course, Democrats sat there and kissed his ass and said, what a wonderful job he's doing. He's a disgrace to this country. There's no other way around it. He's a, he's just a hit man. He's just a thug working for the Biden administration, getting Biden's enemies, protecting Biden's friends, protecting Hunter Biden. We've gone over this, <clears throat> honest to God. They've let, they've let some of the charges, the, the statute of limitations expire on Hunter Biden. The, the gun charge, the lone gun charge is a joke. He's only doing it because it can't, because it's not connected to Joe Biden. He is Joe Biden's lawyer. He's Joe Biden's attack dog, period. That's, that's what he is. That's all he is. Um, and they pointed out all the usual stuff him targeting Catholics uh, and uh, pro-lifers protecting uh, you know, radical BLM uh, protesters talked about the, you know, uh, proud boys getting 22 years in prison, talked about Ray Epps and other protected Ray Epps, all the usual stuff just exposed him. He's just a liar. He's just the worst attorney general this country has ever seen. Anyway, there was all kinds of different, angles to this. My favorite, as is often the case, my favorite congressman on this committee was uh, Thomas Massey, who's smart as hell. He's from Kentucky. And he goes at him and uh, asks him about Elon Musk. And it's really interesting because Elon Musk was, you know, he was a hero to the left. He was, you know, he was a, 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 great, a great American. You know, he started Tesla. He started SpaceX. He's trying to go to the moon, trying to go to Mars. I mean, uh, you know, he he uh, made electric cars cool. They loved him. And then he became an advocate for free speech, a big proponent for free speech. He kind of, through the Twitter files, exposed the uh, corruption in the Biden administration. Then he became an enemy. Uh, it's as simple as that. Then they target him. Now they're investigating him, including for in a, in a couple of different cases. But one, as we talked about, I don't know, a month or two ago, they're investigating him for hiring too many Americans. <laughs> yes, that's what the Department of Justice is doing. Attacking the, the richest man in America, the, the guy who pays more in taxes than anybody in American history, investigating him because he wouldn't hire enough illegal aliens. That's the state we're at. And here's the one thing I know before we get to this exchange, is it wouldn't be happening if he were supporting Biden. It wouldn't be happening if he were a good Democrat, just fallen in line, if he were turned a blind eye to the corruption in the DOJ and the IRS and the FBI, they wouldn't be investigating him. If Russell Brand were a good liberal, like how he's, how it's turned, I don't think there would have been a big report in the London times with four people accusing him of uh, sexual assault and rape. If, if David Portnoy were, a good liberal, if he gave to good liberal causes, if they, if they spent, you know, if Barstool had people uh, defending Biden every day and mocking Republicans like Howard Stern, 
they wouldn't be going after him. These are all political. That's all I know. I mean, as I've said with Trump, he's facing 91 felonies. If he weren't running again, if he just quietly went off, you know, like he said to Megyn Kelly, went off to Turnberry and, and played golf like, you know, a good, like, like most 77-year-old retirees, these, there would be zero charges against him. They are all political. I mean, whether they're legit or not, these people pursuing, targeting their enemies are, it's all about politics. It's about ideology. And I don't think uh, Elon Musk would see a charge if he didn't shake things up and wake people up and show them just how corrupt the Biden administration is. But Massey makes a great point. Mark Zuckerberg, no investigations. Elon Musk, two, three investigations because he is not one of them. Let's, let's watch, let's listen. Attorney General Garland, Elon Musk was a Democrat who admittedly supported Biden, but then he became a critic of the administration and exposed the censorship regime. Now, per public reports, the DOJ has opened not one but two investigations of Elon Musk. Mark Zuckerberg, on the other hand, spent $400 million in 2020 tilting the elections secretly for Democrats. No investigations whatsoever. To the American public, these look like mafia tactics. You pays your money, we look the other way. You get in our way, we punish you. The American public sees what these tactics are. Now I want to direct your uh, attention to a video here that we're going to play. That, that, that he's so right. They're going after Elon Musk. <laughs> Two investigations. And, and by the way, Biden, these, these are all coming from Biden. I mean, we, Biden was asked about it and he said, yes, you know, this was whatever it was a year ago. And he said, yes, uh, I think Musk should be looked at a private citizen running a private company. He should be looked at because he exposed through indirectly through opening up Twitter uh, in the Twitter files, he exposed Joe Biden as the corrupt crook that he is. And they will try to destroy him. One more. I want to do one more exchange before we move on. I got to get to this Louis CK sound and the update on the open border. And uh, Sarah, the lovely Sarah is, uh, is out in, uh, in Ukraine. But, but uh, before we get to all that, let's do this one other exchange. This was the best part. If you didn't see any of this hearing, this was the bet part when Garland was asked, I believe by Mike Johnson of Louisiana, if he had uh, had contact uh, uh, in, with anyone at the FBI about Hunter Biden. And you want to hear a guy who's just not even a good liar. He's a liar, but he's not a good one. And he's just, it's just so obvious. This guy is so corrupt. He is just, there's nothing impartial, nothing apolitical about him. Let's watch. Have you had personal contact with anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation? Uh, don't re- I, don't, I don't recollect the answer to that question, but the FBI works for the Justice Department. It's, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You don't, recollect, you don't recollect whether you've talked with anybody at FBI headquarters about an investigation of the president's son? I, I don't believe that I did. I promised the Senate when I came um, before it... That's that is we're called getting caught in a lie. I don't recall. I don't recollect the answer to that. Did you talk to anyone of the FBI about Hunter Biden? I don't recollect the answer to that. That would be 
a definitive yes, but uh, we all knew that. I mean, the idea that he is apolitical and he's not in contact with Biden or Jack Smith, like it's not all one coordinated uh, effort is a joke. Uh, her name is Emily Healy, a reporter from the Washington Post, who, by the way, Portner said they canceled their interview. He wanted to uh, record it, and she said, oh, sure. And then uh, he, t- he posted this morning, they canceled the interview. The hit piece will probably come out, but there will be no interview with Portnoy, uh, I don't think, unless they do one of those deals where it's about to be dropped. We're going to post it in 10 minutes. you have anything to say? And then hang up the phone and post it and say, hey, attempts to reach Dave Portnoy were unsuccessful. But all right, we got lots more to get to. And we're going to do our NFL picks. I'm going to try to dig myself out of the cellar. We'll get Montante on the line for that. And if we have time, do I have time? Yes, I want to do this uh, Louis C.K. song because I asked yesterday, who supports this? You know, this invasion over the southern border, this attempt to change the demographics in the country by the corrupt Biden administration opening the border. If you haven't been watching, it's incredible what's going on. Nine, 10,000 people a day walking into this country. Now the Biden administration is going to give all the Venezuelans, like 460,000 Venezuelans, uh, the ability to work temporarily, get them the ability to get a job and live here just temporarily. Oh, and an, an update on the humane and compassionate Biden administration a three-year-old drowned in the Rio Grande attempting to swim to this country yesterday. Just another child that the uh, Democrats do not give a damn about. We'll get to that and much more. But first, excuse me. We're proud to announce a new sponsor today, Vault U.S. Gold. Vault U.S. Gold is a new breed of gold dealer. They've been in the industry for years, and they hate the questionable sales tricks and tactics that some other dealers use. Vault U.S. Gold was created to offer fair and honest deals to their customers. What makes them different? Well, first, they don't pay their salespeople commissions so they can focus on helping you, not lining their own pockets. Second, your needs are a priority. They ask about your preferences, tolerance for risk, and ultimate goals. They create a custom-written proposal that details exactly what you are buying and the current price. Few dealers are that transparent because they don't want you to see their huge markups. And if you're thinking of adding gold to your IRA account, this is the right team. They're specialists in gold IRAs. Give Vault USA a call at 833-511-4653. Mention you heard it on this show and you'll get a free gift. Or visit them online at vaultusgold.com. That's vaultusgold.com. I quickly, we asked, uh, I asked yesterday, I've asked many times, like, who supports this? Democrats are rising up against this. We've heard from Eric Adams, Maura Healy, all these, you know, alleged proponents of immigration and, uh, and sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. Well, Greg Abbott and so, to some extent, Ron DeSantis have exposed them as frauds. They don't know what to do. Cities are overrun. They're, they're not going to stop sending them. Because the border is overrun. As we told you yesterday, Eagle Pass, Texas, got 46,000 encounters in a four-day period. It's a town of 28,000. They're just, El Paso is overrun. If you haven't been watching, uh, paying attention, they're just walking into this country. Train loads. They're dropping off train loads of illegal aliens from all over the world. Most of them men in their 20s from everywhere. Venezuela, Haiti, China. Uh, it's all by design. Joe Biden cares about the border of Ukraine and Russia. He doesn't care about this. We have no border. There is no border. 
We are being overrun. They're attempting to change this country. The demographics, they see these people as future Democrats, and they're going to try to get them to vote. They're going to get them IDs, first of all. Then they're going to get them jobs, some of them. And then the next step, give them the right to vote. That is the goal. That's why he's destroying lives. That's why they don't care about three-year-olds drowning in the Rio Grande, or by the way, one-year-olds dying of fentanyl poisoning in New York City. Because the fentanyl is coming in with the gangs and the terrorists and the cartels. But Joe Biden doesn't care because these are future Democrats. Anyway, I wondered who is for this? Who supports this? I got my answer. <laughs> Listen to this from Louis C.K. I always thought he was smart. I mean, I know he's a pervert, but I thought he was smart. This could be the dumbest thing I've ever heard talking about immigration in this country. Go ahead. But my feeling is they should open it, the border, and just let them pour in, let everybody pour in. And and then the answer, which is, well, then there will be all these problems. Yes, there should be. It shouldn't be so great here is what I'm saying. In America, it shouldn't be. It's a weird thing to sequester a certain group of people and try to keep upping their lifespan and their lifestyle and just keep trying to increase that for this group of people. And then everyone's and then this pressure of people trying to come in so they can enjoy it. Uh, and then it gets worse and worse down here. I mean, I'm not Canada. It's really just from down here. Uh, there's something wrong with that. That's not a system that's working. And it forces people to do cruel things to other people. There's a lot of people that die so Americans can be safe. Mm. They're just dying, you know, weddings that are drone bombed in Yemen because the guy said something that might have resulted in American insecurity. Not even like definite American deaths, but like just so we can breathe a little easier. Folks die. And folks do labor in unsafe places so that we can keep the prices where we like them. There's so much about American life that other people pay for. That's part of it. But also, it's not good for us either. It's not a good way to live in a gated community. You know, if if you let folks pour in like any other wave, it'll kind of slosh. And then you all just things will be different. I, I don't know, like, there. what'll really happen? A bunch of people, like, will they just come with knives and start kill, killing everybody? I don't think so. Um, yes, they will, Louis, you moron. That is unbelievable. You think Louis lives in a gated community or lives in a building with a doorman and armed security? Do you think Louis, is he, I don't know, does he live in Eagle Pass, Texas or El Paso? Is he living with the consequences? People will come in and just start stabbing people. Yes. Some of them will. When you let in enough, you're going to get terrorists and murderers. Uh, we already have. There was a murder in, in Eagle Pass the other day. I mean, this, yes, Louis, that's the answer. People are going to come in and start stabbing people. And uh, it's not going to get anything on you. You're going to be fine in wherever you're, East, Upper East Side or wherever, L.A., wherever you live. You don't care. You don't care about people. You don't care about one-year-olds dying of fentanyl poisoning in New York City or three-year-olds drowning in the Rio Grande, people are dying because of your open border, the open border that you support. Yes, they're dying. They're dying at the hands of criminals. They're dying in the river. They're dying in, in tractor trailer trucks, overheating to death. But he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's all, all in. All right. Before we go, we got to say uh, farewell. I don't know if it's farewell, but Mike, big Mike, I call him also known as Sarah Ashton Cirillo, 46-year-old man from Florida who was the spokesman for the uh, Ukraine government, 
a Ukraine war effort and threatened to uh, hunt down, kill anyone. I got, I got confused by your big mic comment because that's usually uh, in reference to a former first lady. (laughs) Well, this is actual, this is actual uh, big Mike um, who's now got, wears a wig and has breasts like female breasts, not like man boobs. Uh, And he was a official spokesman for the Ukrainian military and he's been suspended. The Ukraine Defense Force put out a statement saying that uh, uh, she's been, uh, he, did they call she or he? I'm looking for the statement. The statement of Sergeant Ashton Cirillo uh, in recent days were not approved by the command of the Ukraine military or the command of the AFU when conducting military operations against aggressive, the defense forces of Ukraine strictly absorb, observe the norms of international human law. Uh, Ashton Cirilla will be suspended pending an investigation. So big Mike is uh, going to take a break from uh, speaking for Zelensky, but maybe, maybe he'll be back. We'll see. I don't want to let a talent like that get away. But uh, all right, that'll do. We got to get to. Uh, we got to get to. We got to get to Montante and our NFL picks. I'm bouncing back big this week. Ironhead, I feel like uh, can't do much worse. Can't do much worse. Uh, tonight's kind of a not a great game. Giants at San Francisco. It's going to be a blowout. But uh, we'll we'll do that. We'll, we'll we'll make all our picks. Go round the room and see if I can uh, recover from last week's over. But that'll do it. For this segment, let's uh, let me do Shay, and then we'll get we'll we'll get to our NFL picks. Uh, it's, 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 uh, excuse me. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. All right, there he is, our degenerate uh, NFL handicapper, uh, Mike Montante. Hey, Montante. Good morning. Uh, Good morning, gentlemen. No, I'm not. I'm tied. I'm tied. You're tied? Wow. I know I'm in the cellar. I've gone full ironhead this season (laughs) so far after two weeks. I know I am bringing up the rear, so uh, I'll see if I can bounce back. I'll set it up. Once again, we pick we pick five games now. We've gone to five because Montante didn't like four because he doesn't want to go two and two. That's uh, that's your logic. You want to be able to go three and two. Or uh, or and, you're doing you know, your best me impression and you're like an extra game will get me out of this hole quicker. Yeah, well, that's true. I need more, I need all the games I can get. I, I'm I'm close to doing the uh, the Costanza thing and just picking the team I think is going to lose <laughs> because. Uh, uh, it's just not working out for me so far, but we got a, 
I don't know if it's a good one tonight. Uh, tonight we got the Giants at San Francisco. San Francisco is rolling. Uh, they look good. Giants, not so much. Barkley's out, but he's only out for a few weeks, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Yeah. When he went down, when he was when he was hurt and banging his helmet on the sideline, it looked like another ACL. It looked like you know a Nick Chubb situation. But it isn't. He's back, but he's not back this week. Do I have that right? Yeah, they're saying two to three weeks, but ankle injuries with running backs like that or whatever. whatever. If you Anything in your legs uh, as a running back seem to linger a little longer than two to three. I think two to three is optimistic, oh. and this is just another reason why you don't pay running backs like that. So hurting himself uh, uh, going forward. Horses get I'm shot to you. death like for some, less. Some people, after Chubb, his uh, leg went the way it's not supposed to go, kind of bent backwards. Oh. It was devastating. Some people said, see, that's the reason the uh, running backs should get paid, get paid up front, get guaranteed money. Just the opposite. You don't pay these guys. You don't draft these guys at the top because – there's, it's just such a brutal position to play, uh, and uh, they're never going to last. I mean, I always say this: the running, the running game matters, but running backs don't matter. These Correct. particular back because they're not going to last. They're going to get hurt. The game is too brutal nowadays. And guys like Barkley and Chubb, stars, studs, who are making a lot of money, any, any, and on, on any play, they could be gone for their career. And Chubb might be gone forever after that injury, but uh, without Barkley, the giants are up against it. What is it? 10 points. Uh, yeah. 10 points right now. And just a re- really quick recap. So everyone we're at here, Jerry, I, know, I get why you're not tr- wanting to do the record. Um, last week I was two and three. Craig was three and two flipped. You were zero and five. So in the season, I'm yeah. four and five. <laughs> Craig's four and five and you are one and eight. You are approaching uh Craig territory here. So let's see if tonight can get you out of it. But yeah, tonight, we, San we, Francisco. We've already gone over that. All right. We're repeating. <laughs> well, we got to go, we gotta go over the numbers. We have to. Yeah. You have, have to, to get, the we have to get specific. You know? Jeez, you got it. I get why you don't. I get why you want to leave the little gray area, okay? But we have to go over the numbers here. San Fran minus 10. It's a big number. I can see it actually ticking up to maybe 11, uh, 11 and a half towards game time. The Giants are 24th against the run. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this. San Francisco has a lot of Antifa, a lot of looting. They also have a really good white running back. His name is Christian <laughs> McCaffrey. So that's going to be beneficial um, for the home team there. The Giants, they had a great comeback win, so you could play the, the momentum here, but Look at the numbers. The Giants are one and four against the spread. The last five against San Francisco. San Fran are seven and zero against the spread. The last seven games. Ooh. It's a big number. The number doesn't scare me. I'll lay San Fran minus ten. No problem. Yeah, as I I will too. I'm going with the uh, with the Niners. Sorry guys. He's. Uh, I mean they they won at Arizona. Correct. Yep. Correct. And and then they went home and now they're going out to San Francisco on a really short week. Yes. Um, doesn't bode well for the G men. I'm with you. I'm with the Niners. Yeah. So the old me would take the Giants just to be fun, but now I'm all about winning this thing and shoving it in Montante's bald face. So I'm going to go with the yes. the Niners as well. Yes. Excellent. Last week, and all three of us were simpatico. Oh and two. So uh, good news for Giant fans and uh, Giant backers there. Second <laughs> game, we will go to Green Bay. I think everyone's surprised by this Jordan Love kid. Obviously, he had one yeah. play last week that went viral, very embarrassing, where he looked like he was hammered. <laughs> uh, walking up to the line of scrimmage. But he has six touchdowns on the year, no interceptions to kid play. Um, David Carr, rem- reminding everybody, he's not that bad. Pretty good. Um, Derek. Green Bay, Derek, yeah, David Carr. I, I, it wasn't that bad either. He's a victim of a bad old line. But, yeah, we'll talk about Derek Carr if we want to be accurate here. Um, Green Bay <laughs> laying two at home, um, which is pretty much telling you they think this is close to a pick on a neutral field. Uh, Green Bay is 26 against the run. 
And right, so you should be worried about that, but there's no Kamara. There's no Jamal Williams. They're going to be relying on Kendra Miller and Tony Jones Jr. So I'm not worried about that weakness there. Green Bay, 7-3 and three against the spread the last 10. Saints, 4-5-1 and one against the spread the last 10. Uh, don't overthink this. Take the home team. Take Green Bay. Take the cheese heads at minus two. Okay, I'll do that too. Unfortunately, I'm with the you. How you doing, me? Green Bay at home. Jordan Love looks excellent. I think they knew what they were doing. They knew, you know, Rogers was about to blow out his Achilles, and uh, they knew Love could play. So I'm, uh, I'm with the Packers. This is, I believe, their home opener. Correct. So yes. Yeah. Um, Damn it. I'm going with the Packers. <laughs> oh, no. So there's here's the problem. Here's where the last year of me is creeping in. Like just take the Saints, be different, but I can't. I can't. Jordan Love's awesome. They're at home. I think it's going to be a 10-point game. So I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. All right, so this is our no no difference in opinion so far. Hopefully, I think we could dip here a little bit differently, difference of opinion. Jacksonville, this is a great game, Jerry. I know you saw me send this, and you know probably you know, cursing <laughs> me up and down, but too bad. Texans, the Texans at the Jags. That's one of your. That was you. You got to pick four games, and that's one game of the week. I'd say uh, game yeah. of the week. <laughs> Jacksonville, my uh, my Super Bowl or uh, AFC winning Jacksonville Jaguars off to a little bit of a sluggish start. Uh, laying nine and a half at home versus a divisional foe, which is a pretty big number. Jacksonville seven and two against the spread the last nine. Houston five and two against the spread the last seven against Jacksonville. So the numbers are kind of even. I just think that Jacksonville is just loaded. Um, they're going to have to wake up eventually. I think this could be the spot at home. Uh, even if they start off sluggish, as long as they keep it close, um, they, if, if they get ahead, Houston won't be able to come back uh, and throw on them. I can see some turnovers. I, I'm going to lay the nine and a half. It's a big number, but I feel okay doing it. Jacksonville, a minus nine and a half at home. Oh, good. I'm uh, I'm not laying nine and a half. I'm going to take the Texans to lose but cover. So uh, we we uh, we differ on that one. There we go. So here, I, I have hated Trevor Lawrence for as long as we've done this. <laughs> but this is for a, a good chance for him to get back in my good graces. Do not let Houston in this. I'm going to go with Jacksonville because the Texans stink. They are the worst. So there's my logic right there. And if not, if not, if not, Trevor Lawrence is dead to me. And no matter what the spread is, I will never pick the Jaguars again. That's fine by me. I don't like you back in Jacksonville. So I'm a little you know, uneasy about that. Uh, the next game is everyone wants to hear about New England, the winless Patriots, uh, the ballless Patriots. They're just, they don't have the pizzazz to them. They're not scary anymore. Belichick looks like uh, he should be on the chopping block. They suck. Uh, heading to MetLife. I'll be there. Uh, I'll be nice and boozed up by 11 a.m. To, so make sure I'll be cheating on, cheering on the boys in green and white. <laughs> cheating I, on what? I want to see. I want to see a Navy slash Army like offense uh, game plan here out of my Jets. I don't want to throw the ball. I don't. Only time I want to see the ball in the air is on a punt. I don't want to see us throw the ball. Run the ball seventeen thousand times. We do that. You let the best defense in the in this division control the game, and if you look at the if you look at the number right here, thirty six and a half is the over under. Anytime you have it under that low, the points mean something. Give me the two and a half at home. Jets went outright, but give me those two and a half crucial points in this matchup. All right, I think I've picked the Patriots twice so far this season and been uh, wrong right. both times. They're zero yes. and two, but they are not playing that badly. Their yeah. quarterback has been excellent two weeks in. You can't say that about the Jets. And I don't know why this matters, but uh, 0-3, Bill Belichick going 0-3 does not seem possible. They haven't gone 0-3 since the year 2000. And uh, if they go 0-3, by the way, it's over. You don't make the playoffs when you go 0-3. And it's going to get ugly around here. 
I just have a hard time believing they're going to start off 0-3. So I am taking the two and a half. Yeah, you're laying two and a half. The New York Jets are favored with. No, Zach no, Wilson. no, they're not. They're not. Oh, they're underdogs. They're underdogs oh. at home. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'm giving the two and a half. I'm taking yep. the Patriots and I'll probably get this one wrong again. But uh, I can't look at Zach Wilson. I can't watch him play and say, yeah, I'm, he's my guy. I'm going with him. Patriots have a pretty good defense, too. I can't, you run, you can't run the good. ball. No team in the NFL can win by just running the ball. They can't run the ball right. 17,000 times and they win. Can. Yep. And Well, the Patriots' run defense is pretty solid, so that's not going to happen. Plus, Zach Wilson versus Bill Belichick has notoriously stunk. Uh, Zach Wilson sees ghosts started against the Patriots. This number is insulting. It should be six and a half, so I'm going to go with the Patriots. Good. All right. Feel good. I feel good about that. This is the the second ever Jerry game of the week. Uh, slightly better than the Houston at Jacksonville. I'll give you that. Um, Denver at Miami. Uh, America's sweetheart right now. Minus six and a half. I don't have two minutes numbers here because maybe I was told 15 seconds per recording. So I'm going to let Jerry kick off his logic and see where he ends. Craig, well, my logic, and I'll finish it. Okay. My logic is I've watched the Dolphins and they look great. Um, Tua looks very comfortable. His coach knows how to draw up a play, man. They know what they're doing. He has good weapons, great weapons all around him. I was very impressed uh, Sunday night when he picked apart the Patriots. And the week before, he threw for like 9,000 yards. He's the MVP. Two weeks in in the NFL, Tua is your MVP. So I like them at home. Is this this is their home opener too? I believe, correct? Yes, mm-hmm. should be. And and uh, and Denver stinks, so I'm giving them six and a half and taking the uh, Dolphins. Well, I think a touchdown is way too much points for them. And Russell Wilson has actually kind of looked like his old self so far this year. That that hail mary at the end of the game last week, his arm's still strong. Uh, I'm going to go with them just because a touchdown seems crazy, and I think two is going to break his head in this game. So. Break. Craig is kind of coming around to, to to reading lines here. I actually don't think – I think six and a half is too few, so I don't get that logic. But I think it's – they're putting the cheese out there. That, that line should be eight and a half, nine, going across country to play, you know, right now, top four team in the NFL. Mm-mm. It seems too good to be true, Jerry. I think you're taking, uh, taking the bait there. Craig's logic made no sense. If you want, Craig, edit yourself out. That was the worst logic we've a ever. Freaking heard. touchdown! He's been playing great this whole year. He's gonna break his. That made no sense. He's gonna be hopped up. He's gonna be hopped up on danger witches. He's gonna kill the fish down in Miami. You watch. That they might. They might. Win, they might win outright. Well, yeah, if they're getting six and a half. You think they have a chance of winning outright? I'll take Denver six and a half. Six and a half. And uh, something's got to give here. Good, excellent. Well, uh, so will you will, will you be uh, live tweeting at the Jets game when you get all lubed up and? Yes, and you'll you'll tell tweet by tweet how uh, how much you know progressively drunker I get. My favorite crowd shots are Jets game crowd shots when they're losing or yes. when the yeah. quarterback is you know seeing ghosts or throwing the, to the wrong team and they start showing Jets fans all drunk. Do you yeah. wear do you wear a uh, jersey a Jets jersey? Yes. What? Let me guess. Let's guess Ooh. what jersey. Um, does uh, Aaron Rodgers? No. Ty Law? No. I, I like wearing, I'm either going to break out the uh, Wayne Corbett, Keyshawn Johnson, or my favorite, because it's so stupid, uh, my Tim Tebow. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the Tebow. <laughs> you have a Tim Tebow Jets jersey? Yes. Yes. Wow. Wayne Cor- jerseys do you have? We talked about this the other day. I, oh, yeah. You're going to mock me for this. I own probably 130 jerseys. What? And they're like 150 bucks each? No, I get them from 
China. It's uh, nice and cheap. <laughs> yeah. So you'll be wearing uh, Wayne Crebet on Sunday. It has to we'll be yes. you in the crowd. If the camera yeah. goes on you, just do us a favor and flip it off. Nope. The, flip, you'll go viral. Just no, give the bird to, yeah. the, to the camera. No, no one yes. has murdered the Patriots more than Wayne Crebet in the history of time. So that's oh, probably please. the jersey to wear. He is not. Wayne Crebet has murdered the yeah. Patriots. He's always a little this weasel. Is, this is he's always a, Jerry, he's always a little weasel. A little weasel. I don't like him. Uh, well, all right. Well, good luck. Thank you, guys. Monday. Appreciate Thanks, it. I'll see, I'll see you guys next week. We will talk to you next week. That is our guy, Montante, who's pretty good at this, I have to admit. He's pretty good at uh, uh, picking games. Maybe that's how we can afford 150 jerseys. What a loser. <laughs> a grown man with 150 jerseys? It's quite a lot, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. sick. That's just like an illness. That's man. a sickness. Stop buying them from China. I have one, as I pointed out the other day, Ironhead has, how many did you say you had? I think I have, so I have a Nathan Horton signed uh, Bruins jersey and a Ray Bork just jersey. That's it. And and you wear them? Um, the Ray Bork one once in a while, if I'm feeling saucy, but that's it. When you look in the mirror, don't you feel like kind of a loser? You're a I grown do. man with kids. I do. Yep. You're an adult with children. Yeah, the last, uh, time, the last time I wore it is when they lost to the Blues in Game 7, so I haven't really worn it since. Excellent. Well, uh, we'll we will uh, wrap this up. Um, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, I wonder if anyone's picking along with us. You know, like picking the opposite of why I pick, like they did with you last year. If we'll, they have, they're making some money. We'll but, find uh, out how you do this I, week, and then that'll determine that. I, I think tonight you're going to see a blowout. You're going to see the Giants just out of gas. They had a very dramatic win last week. They got to go across the country. I don't think Thursday night game is a really good one, but I'll be watching because uh, it's the NFL. So we'll see how it goes. Thanks to everybody for uh, listening and for commenting. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. God save the queen, man. Am I the only one here tonight? Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.